Amazing. Okay, how are you all doing? You all good? Got a little warm in here during worship, didn't it? Because I think the movement of the bodies and the clapping of hands, wasn't that last song just beautiful, All Hail King Jesus? Uh, I'll just never forget it. Last year we were at this conference, Jen and I, uh, and we were invited to attend this, the evening of this youth conference in Birmingham, Alabama. And it was a, a stadium full of young people, like a, almost like an indoor action arena. I think it was about 15,000 young people. And I heard this song. And you got all these teenagers just hands in the air. It, it was really powerful, singing All Hail King Jesus. And I was like, man, like God's doing something across the earth. As much as America has its struggles and its issues like South Africa does, God is doing something. And I really believe that if we're going to see revival and God come alive in a whole new way, it might just start with our young people. What do you think? So, um, but yeah, beautiful song, well done, band. So we are in week two of a series uh, called We Are The Church, and if you missed it last week, you can obviously always catch the message series on our YouTube channel. Just type, go to YouTube, search Open Skies Church Kloof. Make sure you're not getting the Marisburg ones, although I'd love you to catch some of the Marisburg ones, but make sure it's the Kloof one, and you can obviously catch up um, all our services. We re-upload just the message after the service streams live, so we'll probably do that early in the week, and that you can just catch the message. So we, last week, we did week one, and we looked at what it means um, you know, to be the church. We looked at just being generous and being devoted. Do you guys remember them? some of the points? I won't ask for a show of hands. Uh, it's because it won't be so encouraging to me if none of you remember what was said last week. Uh, but b- before we, we get into the message today, uh, we are the church part two, and then obviously next week is Vision Sunday, so you, you make sure you want to be here. And um, again, I'll say it, if you have a New Year's resolution to be devoted to church, because that was one of the points last week and saying... I just really hope that you're still here in December. Really, I do. And uh, it's going to take a commitment because it's so easy, like with many commitments that we have in life, whether it's healthy eating or whether it's exercise or whatever it is, it's, it's difficult. Um, this morning, I dropped um, my son off in both his hill and I, I ran from there back home. It was 8Ks. And I could tell that it had been Christmas season because I was struggling, man. Like my legs are still sore right now. And it's hard work when, to be devoted and committed to something. Um, so I just want to encourage you guys, let's, let's be here in December. Is that okay? If, if you're here kind of making a New Year's resolution. I wanted to show you this photo first to give context to it. Uh, Craig Rochelle, who pastors a church in the US, <laughs> this photo got back to him because he's the pastor of the church. And this is a photo of the bedside table um, of a drug bust. We're missing half of it. Uh, maybe put up on the side screens. Uh, we're missing half of it. We need the other half. So... If you, if you saw, oh, what's going on? So we've had a few technical issues today. Sometimes these things are out of hand. Really apologize for that. But um, it, it, it is what it is. Now we've got half a photo coming up. This is strange. But anyway, while we, they get it right, you'll see there. So this is a drug bust, okay? On his bedside table, you will see a book by Stephen Furtick called Sun Stands Still. Some of you read the book. He's a Christian author, right? And a pastor. At the top right is actually at an angle, you'll see the Holy Bible. <laughs> and then you'll actually, uh, below that, uh, see there's a little pen there. That is a life church pen that the guy stole from the church. Well, that might have been given away for free. And below that is actually like a pamphlet that comes from the church. And, uh, oh, there we go. Jesus and we... Um, bottom right is uh, Magnum, which is a pack of um, some balloons. Um, and 
apparently that's a drug lollipop there on the right. There's a PlayStation remote and I don't know, maybe some keys of a car he stole, I don't know. But anyway, th th there's a couple different um, responses we could have to that. Sometimes I would show even you, you sitting there, that's, that's just ridiculous. I mean, look at this guy, man. Like, I mean, he's a criminal and, he's, and then he's professing to be a Christian. Like, what's going on here, you know? Like, you know, sometimes we can have that response. Like, th that's just embarrassing. Like, you know, and especially if you potentially have something to say against God or the church, I can imagine the people taking their photo and saying, how's this guy, you know? I mean, he professes to be a Christian, goes to church. Um, so we, we may be critical when we see it, like this guy needs to repent, this guy needs Jesus, he needs to clean up his life, what's going on here? But then some of us potentially could have a, a response like, shame, like I, I wonder what his story is. Like I wonder what happened there. How did it go wrong? I wonder if he grew up in church knowing God, got caught up with the wrong friends, made a couple... Uh, Bad, poor decisions, which we're talking a lot these days with our kids. I wonder if he lost his job, maybe, and then he turned to drugs. Maybe his girlfriend broke up to him, with him and turned to drugs. Maybe he's depressed. Maybe he's got anxiety. I don't know. Maybe something horrific's just happened in his life. And maybe he was turning to God. Maybe he went to church that past Sunday and was like, gave his life to Jesus, and then he got bust because of the cops being after him for, for a, a series of time. Maybe he does battle with substance abuse, but has turned to God and he's like on this journey and he wants to be free from it and he's been crying out to God. Maybe a miracle was about to happen. Maybe a friend gave him the Bible and that pen and said, I'd love for you to come to church with us on Sunday. So some of us may be critical. Some of us may see God working in his life. And Craig Rochelle, who's the pastor of Life Church, where that pen comes from, when he saw this photo, he, he was, his heart really went out to him. And he was just so grateful that a guy like that felt easy enough to come to his church. And his heart went out to him and he actually started to pray for him. He had never met the guy in the photo, but his heart went out to him. And the reason his heart went out to him is because Jesus befriended people like him. Jesus' heart went out to people like that. And remember last week I said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. And Jesus says, ah, I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And all of us in this room today are sinners. Welcome to Open Skies Church, where you feel encouraged. <laughs> but, but we all, we all mess up. We all, we all do things wrong. I know sometimes we have a sense of feeling righteous and when we compare our lives to someone else or this guy, we go, well, I'm not like that bad. The reality is, Romans says, all sin and fall short of God's glory. All of us. And that's why our heart should go out to someone like that. Particularly if we are the church. So we're on the series called We Are The Church as a build to Vision Sunday. And um, last week, or the week before Adele, did this analogy, this is the church, this is the steeple, open the doors here, all the people. I've done it twice now for you, Adele. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of rewrote it or changed it up because that's not the church. The church is not the building. So I was like, this is the building, this is the perch, open the door, here's the church. Because <laughs> someone almost half clapped, thank you for that, I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> But we are the church. 
the church, the, the, the true meaning is ecclesia. It's the called out ones. It's the gathering, the assembly. That's what it means. It's the people of God. So we're not coming to church today. We are the church. I know it's a bit of a, a mind shift, particularly if you've grown up in a traditional church mindset, you go to church. We are the church. And today, the title of my message is The Miracle You Need Most. The Miracle You Need Most. And I want to pick up on a story. It's actually one of my favorite stories. I'll never forget actually studying this at Bible college. And there was a guy called Yaku who was teaching us on this. It comes from Mark chapter 2. And it's a story of the the, the four mates that kind of put uh, put their friend that was paralyzed through the roof. And I'll never forget the imagery that he used. It might have been quite amusing, and we'll get to it. But I'll never forget, uh, this is like 20-something years ago now, studying this. And it's always been one that I've really enjoyed. But to give context to this, um, Jesus has returned to kind of his headquarters, which is his home base, Capernaum. And um, they're having basically like a little home group, a house gathering, okay? And that's the context of the story. So we'll pick it up here in Mark chapter 2, verse 1. If you've got your Bibles, you're welcome to read from there. Otherwise, it'll be up on the screen. But it says this, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. Because there are obviously lots of stories going around uh, about this guy, Jesus. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left. It was a huge amount of people, potentially a, a larger home. And it says, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because, the, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the man, sorry, lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. So it's, it's a pretty powerful story. And I'll unpack it a little bit. But... What this story shows us are different types of people in the church. Because this was like an early gathering, basically, of the church. And it shows different types of people. And we see those same types of people in the church today. So in every church, point number one is you're going to see someone in need. Just like the photo I showed you earlier of the drug bust. That guy was in need. He, he needed help. He needed Jesus. In every church, you will see someone in need. So you get this paralyzed man who, who couldn't walk. He, he probably lay down or sat down on a mat uh, to basically, he couldn't work, so he was begging for money. And many times uh, in, in kind of those days, I mean, even sometimes the world today, we've become a little bit more aware and, and more helpful for people that have disabilities. But in those days, they were often outcasts. I mean, it was terrible. They were just neglected, uh, uh, had to beg for food. So this guy uh, was someone in need. And maybe to help us remember him in the story, because it doesn't give his name, uh, we're going to give him a name, and his name will be called Matt, okay? Um, just easy to remember, Okay. Uh, because that's all we know, is that he was lowered on a mat. So we'll call him Matt, okay? Um, So there's always someone in need. And it might even be you today. You you might be the one today, even in church, going, like, I'm in need. And and I know as a pastor here in this church, we see a lot of need. I mean, we hear the prayer requests. We hear of the stories. uh, There's a lot of 
difficulty that people are going through. And, and maybe even we don't know about it. But you here today, you man, like, I, I actually came to church today because, like, I, I really need a miracle. I, I need some help. I need God. Maybe you're battling depression. Maybe you're going through some challenge on your own. Um, maybe you've experienced some loss. And we've experienced loss in this church recently. People have lost loved ones. Maybe you feel hopeless. Maybe there's an addiction that you're battling with, like that guy that we spoke about earlier. Maybe you're a single parent, and you're like, man, I actually don't know how I'm going to do it on my own. Maybe you just feel alone. As I'm saying these, you're like, yeah, that's me. Maybe you're struggling financially, and you were hoping for this financial breakthrough, and it just hasn't come. And, and you're like, I didn't even know how I'm going to get through February, because I got some debt. Maybe you just feel anxious, you feel fearful. There's always someone in need in church. And I, and I think if I asked for a show of hands, there would be hands that go up all over the place today. So in every church, you'll find someone in need. Thankfully, though, in every church, you will find someone who cares. Well, hopefully. <laughs> I, I would like to think that Open Skies Church has many people who care. Because in the story, Matt had four friends. He had some community. I don't know how he, they were friends. Maybe they came and helped him out regularly. I, I don't know. And should we give those four friends a, a name, just like we gave Matt a name? So the four guys in, in this story is Ed, Rory, Sia, and Mike. How about that? For those of you who don't know them, Mike was a guy who played bass today. And uh, you can almost, when you read the Bible, it, it's quite a short little passage. But when you read it, I think it's nice to have a little bit of imagery and a little bit of imagination sometimes. Not that we change the truth. It's, it's like, for me, I love movies. Movies come alive. And for some of you who watched the series, The Chosen, isn't it amazing? I know there's lots of discussion how accurate it is. And there's a bit of poetic license sometimes. But it really does make it come alive. So if you haven't watched The Chosen, it's fantastic. So picture the scenario. You've got these four friends, Rory, Ed, Sierra, Mike. And, and they're just like, I don't know, having a, a coffee together or maybe a beer. Who knows? And Rory says, hey, did you hear about Jesus healing that blind guy? Because remember, I said they were talking about, they'd heard the stories. And Sia's like, yeah, but did you hear about how he raised this guy from the dead? He's like, well, that, that, that's amazing. Then Ed says, well, if Jesus can do it for those guys, I reckon we, he, he could do it for, for our mate Matt. And Mike goes, come on, let, let's make a plan here. Let's do it, okay, because that's Mike. Mike uh, heads up our worship here and does an amazing job for us, making a plan, right? And what they do is they go find Matt lying on his mat, and they, they pick him up, and I don't know how strong this mat was, but they said they carried him to Jesus. So this mat was probably made out of more than just some straw, or maybe it was some, I don't know, what material they used, but well, it was just really woven together really well. And they, they carry him to the house where Jesus was teaching. So you can picture the situation here. Maybe Matt was pretty heavy as well, you know? Um, I don't know, and they're struggling. They, they, they get to this house, and as it says in the scripture, that there were people even standing outside. It was just so full. So they get to the house, and, and they can't get in. Now, in every church, you have someone in need, and you have someone who cares. So we've seen those two. But unfortunately, in every church, you also see people, and you have people who are preoccupied. Because they're too busy getting what they need for themselves. There was this house full of people, wall to wall, 
This is like a massive home group. It's like one of our young adult home groups where we uh, ideally say between 10 and 15. Some of our young adult home groups have like 30 people. It's like a mini church. Do you know the average size church in the world today is like 70 people? Did you know that? So two young, young adult home groups get together. It's like an like average size church around the world, okay? And these guys are all in this room together and these four mat, these four mats, these four guys just want to get mat to Jesus, and just to help you understand and for uh, imagery, I googled what a picture of a first century Jewish home would look like. So it might have looked a little something like this, okay? Um, and you'll see there, uh, a lot of the time the, the walls were built out of a basalt, which is like a dark volcanic uh, rock that was common in, in, in those uh, times and in that area. And in the roof, you'll see, you'll see the uh, the wooden beams running across. And what they would do is they would... Uh, get straw and clay and even sometimes manure and they would pack it on top of this roof so that it would kind of be waterproof. So when it rained, the clay would absorb the water and it would like almost seal the roof, okay? And then often actually they would put grass uh, or grow grass on the top of the roof so that they they could do things up there, they could work up there, they could sit up there, they they could sometimes just socialize up there. And one of the things as well with a first century home is, is the, when the Door was, people would leave their doors open all the time. And it was just a kind of open door policy, uh, like an open fridge policy that some of you have in some of your friends' home, you know? That's when you know you're really close, when they just come and help themselves to your fridge. Um, so they walk up to this house, and it's packed. They cannot get through the door. It's just crowded, okay? And as I said, you see people that are preoccupied. There's people there listening to Jesus. And with good intentions, and they're saying amen, and oh, Jesus, that's amazing, and he's like, preach it, and they may be hearing some, I heard someone say recently, and it was in a GLS talk, uh, this guy was saying, if I come to church, do I have to moo? He's like, what, what do you mean moo? He says, well, when, when I did come, a lot of people just go, hmm, 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 it's very good, hmm. He's like, do I have to do that too? He's like, no, you don't have to moo. So maybe uh, these guys are hearing a lot of mooing going on inside, but What's crazy is they had their backs to the one in need. They were preoccupied. For all they care, they were like, well, stuff you. Like, like, I'm here because I need. And these four guys are feeling a little deflated because they said that they tried to get in and they couldn't. They just knew they had to get him to Jesus. But then Ed says, with God, there's always a way. There's always a way. And I don't know who needs to hear that today. And this is Hilton speaking now. With God, there is always a way. With God, all things are possible. There is always a way. Anyone just received that today? With God, there's always a way. Remember our theme from two years ago, believe. We mentioned it earlier. Just believe. And these guys believed. So you can imagine them getting together. They're saying, guys, like, I, I actually don't know what we're going to do. Like, Sia's like, I, 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 but anyway, guys, I actually maybe have a idea. Why don't we get onto the roof and then we're going to dig because it says they dig and then we'll just, I don't know, somehow lower him through the roof. So Mike's like, that's an amazing idea. Hold my beer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start digging. So they climb up onto the roof, okay, and they start digging through someone's roof. <laughs> They're like moving the straw away, moving the grass away, the manure. I don't know. I don't know if they like spat there to make a bit of mud. I don't know what, but they just started digging through the manure. Okay? And as they made a bit of a hole, 
I, I can imagine the people inside going, like, what's going on here? At first, there must have been like, like manure raining down on them. Like, what are these guys doing? And then maybe like Sia puts his head through. It's like, hey, how's it, guys? <laughs> He's like, what's going on? And then they dug, they dug, they dug. And, but they must have had to dig for a long time to fit a guy through there. I would say these people were pretty preoccupied. I mean, at some stage, they, they should have stopped and gone, like, what's going on here? Like, oh, we've got a paralyzed guy here. We need to get him to Jesus. And they would have stopped. But they carried on because they were preoccupied. So these guys made a big enough hole. I don't know how it happened, but they didn't have a pulley system, guys. I know sometimes we often see that in pictures. But they maybe grabbed each side of the four mats and say, guys, we're going to lower them down as low as we can go. Now they're lying down. And I mean, I could imagine it's at least like two, three meters. They probably would have got to like, I don't know, maybe he's a meter off the ground and say, well, he's already paralyzed. <laughs> Just let him go. I don't know. I don't know, maybe people put their hands up and he did a bit of crowd surfing for a while. But, but they let this guy down into this crowd of people. These crazy, faithful people. Maybe like some of you guys are. I know some people might call you crazy because you come to this church. And I love the response of Jesus. It says here, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. He gives him something that he doesn't deserve. He gives him forgiveness of sins. Now what's interesting is faith normally, the Bible speaks about faith being the evidence of things unseen. But Jesus says he sees their faith. So yes, faith is evidence of things unseen, but faith, which is an internal belief, that when it becomes so strong, it has to show up in our actions. Are you with me? It, it has to outplay when we have faith. We can't just have this internal Christian faith. It's got to come out of us. And I am so encouraged when I look at our church, I see people's faith. I see your faith today as that we see a full auditorium, which is amazing. I mean, it's so exciting for us to have a full auditorium. Beginning of the year, we've had to bring in all the chairs from the foyer. It's amazing. I see your faith because you're here. You're here to receive from God. You're here to give. You're here to serve. And I said I'd come to it. Today is Volunteer Sunday. We need a people to help us because let me tell you, this church is gonna grow and we need more people to help us. We need 70 to 80 people to make a Sunday happen. There's, there's people on the back desk, there's people here on the stage, there's people on the foyer, there's people upstairs in Sky Kids, there's people on the coffee team. Coffee team need help. How many of you guys were tired of waiting in the queue last week for a coffee or an ice coffee? We bought another blender, by the way. And I'm sorry for those that actually had to leave without getting a coffee. We brainstormed and we're like, this is crazy. There is not a coffee shop around this area that can manage like 300 people within a space of 20 minutes, okay? But we need help. So we need people to join the coffee team. So we need your faith in action here, okay? Because it's not just about getting a good coffee. It's about giving a smile to someone that really just needs a smile that day. So I see your faith. I see your love. You know, um, I was chatting to Fiona, who I, I gave her a lift home the other day from a memorial, and her niece Lynn was in the car. She lives in Maritzburg, and she said, you know, and I mean, you know, it's, it was nice to hear, but she said, whenever I come to Open Scars Kloof, she says, there is no welcome like Open Skies Kloof. 
Isn't that amazing? She says, the love that you experience when you come here is incredible. And that's just thanks to our amazing volunteer team. Can we give them a hand today? Because they're just amazing. So we need your help. We need to see your faith in action. It's got to outwork. And you see the faith of these four guys. And the faith was evident to Jesus. They're like, this is amazing. You guys have made a way where there seemed to be no way. Remember that old song? They, they dug through the roof and lowered this guy through. They knew if they could just get him to Jesus. Do we have that same conviction? If, if we could just get our friend here on a Sunday, if, if our friend should, could just come to Jesus, I just wonder what's possible. But if you were paying attention to the story, Matt needed healing. But he got forgiveness first. They brought him for healing, and he got forgiveness. Sometimes God gives us what we need before he gives us what we want. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes God gives us what we need before he gives us what we want. And when we're going through difficulty and we need something, we just want it to all be okay, but sometimes God does a work in our heart and he does something in our life that we actually need. He, he uses it opportunities for growth. And then eventually we come to what we want. And someone needs to hear that today. God might just give you what you need right now before he gives you what you want. So in every church, you see someone in need, you see someone who cares, but you also unfortunately see people who are preoccupied. But even more unfortunately, Within the church, you see someone who's critical. This could be a whole sermon on its own, but we won't go there. But look at this. Straight after that, Jesus says, I see your faith. Forgive someone. And he says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves. It's amazing how when we sit and we observe and look at something and overprocess and think, it's amazing how critical we can often become. And he goes, why does that fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can, can forgive sins but only God alone? And let me explain and give you context to that. Why? So Jesus died for blasphemy. Did you know that? Because it says you a mere man claim to be God. And when it came to the forgiveness of sins, the only person who could forgive you was God. So Jesus, it was an indirect claim that he was God. Because I, so, so for example, if I come up and I just punch Scotty, okay, I can't go to France and Gemma for forgiveness. I, I might apologize then too because I hit your husband. Remember we had that little fight at the back, but it was, we were dressed up, you know, it was so funny. We were dressed up in these sumo wrestling outfits and we had these gloves and Scotty and I were just going at each other. So no one got hurt by the way, but it was, it was super fun. But if we had a real fight, I can't go to France and Gemma for forgiveness, I might apologize to them. Who do I have to go to for forgiveness? I have to go to Scott because I've, I've wronged him. Now, when Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven, it was an indirect claim that he was God because when you sin, you wrong God. And these guys, these Pharisees are like, who are you? A, a mere mortal, a mere, you can't, do, you can't forgive. Only God can forgive. And they were too dwarfed to catch on to the fact that Jesus was in fact God. Are you with me? So that's why it was blasphemy. And that's why he was killed. Jesus can't forgive. Look at these guys digging a hole through the roof. What's wrong with them? 
this is not how we do church. And I can imagine Mike, Sia, and Ed, you know, they weren't dressed for church either. Maybe they'd never planned to come to church that day. And so often we have people in the church like, you can't dress like that for church. I think uh, we're talking about it, actually, we're going to have a slop Sunday one day, okay? Just a slop Sunday for those who are on here, because, I mean, yeah, we may be talking about that in like uh, September, maybe Heart for the House or something, it'll be quite fun. But, you know, so often we judge. We look at young people sometimes, tattoos on him, or look at the ripped jeans, and whatever it is. And Jesus, (laughs) he doesn't even stop for the critics, he, he just says he, he didn't even worry about what they were saying. He was like, so he said to the man, and now he gave him what he wanted. He said, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. And this paralyzed man, he says he got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. You can imagine everyone's eyes says here, yeah, this amazed everyone and they praise God saying, we have never seen anything like that. Isn't this amazing? God heals this man. He says, take up your mat. You don't need that anymore because that's the mat that he used to lie on. And what does that mean for us today? I believe God's saying, you don't need that anymore. I, I, I want to set you free from that. You, you, you can lay that down. You can lay that addiction down. You, you can let go of that grudge that you have for someone. You can leave behind that shame, that hurt, that brokenness, that fear, that anxiety. You can let it go. Let it go. Get up and walk. And that's what Jesus is saying to us today. So which one are you today out of these four so far? I'm gonna put them all up on the screen. Every church, we see someone in need. We see someone who cares. We see someone preoccupied. And we see someone who is critical. Maybe to help us a little bit. And and I I don't wanna be heavy, uh, but pastors are here to challenge a little bit. If you've been coming here a whole year, and you've never invited a single person to church, can I suggest perhaps nicely that you're preoccupied? It's very quiet. Because so often we, we, we come for what we want. We, we might just, as Christians, sometimes be preoccupied. Yes, you do some other things. But there's one more type in the story. And this is good news. Because in this story, there was also a whole bunch of people. In every church, we see someone who can be changed. We, we see someone who can be changed. So even if you are preoccupied, even if you are critical, God can change you. One encounter with Jesus can change you. The Bible says that when Jesus comes, that we are new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. He says, I've come to give you life and life to the full. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. So what do we see in every church? We see someone in need, someone who cares, someone who's preoccupied, someone who's critical, but someone that can also receive change. And right from when this church started, we've always been about change. Our vision statement has always been our vision statement is changing lives, changing the world through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to change your life. He wants to change those around you so that you can then change the world. There was a book that Peter Pollock wrote. My dad loves to quote this, uh, Sean Pollock's dad. And it's quite simple and it's pretty straight. It says, no change, no Jesus. It's the fruit. It's it's the evidence. It's the faith that we need to see that there is change in your life. Your life has to change. And that's why I said to you at the beginning of the service today, 
that you will, you will leave different today. And I really hope so. If your heart has been opened and you're not preoccupied and you're not critical, your life will change today. But there's just one other point I want to add, and it's not necessarily who we see in church, but there's one observation here. And I didn't go to Bible college to observe this one, and it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Are you all listening? But there's something else that you see in the story. Are you ready for it? You don't see all the people who are not there. Profound. You don't see all the people that are not there. That makes sense, right? There are a whole bunch of people out there that don't have the opportunity to meet with Jesus and to be changed because they're not here. And I'm grateful that the church is full today. I don't know what we're going to do if, if it just carries on like this. We'll have to have some multiple services. Or I don't know. Our evening service needs a little bit of help as well because that's not full yet. But what about the lady in Kloof that almost came to church today for the first time? What about the person that was like, oh, been wanting to go to church, my New Year's resolution, but I'm afraid like of what someone will think. We hear story after story of people that sometimes are too scared to come to church because they think they're going to be struck down by lightning. We've heard of a story of someone who sat in the car in the parking lot too scared to come in here, so they drove away. Not because of anything that we did, but it's, it's, it's a preconceived idea because either they feel too shameful. What about the guy that you invited to church and, I don't know, he was just too preoccupied and he was watching UFC this morning and didn't make it to church? I don't know. What about everyone who used to go to church that's not here today? We were talking about them this week. We were having a chat with Clive. We were like, yeah, where, where are they? Where are they? And, and as pastors, it breaks our heart because we're like, yeah, where are they? But we often never want to like, where are you? We haven't seen you at church. That's never the heart. And if we say, hey, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. It's not a bad thing. We just, just we notice you. And we notice when you're not here. Not always, but we, we love having you here. What about all the people that after COVID resumed every part of their normal life except church? <laughs> There's lots of those people. And although I'm really excited that 40% of our church has perhaps come to Open Scars in the last two, three years. Show of hands, if you've come to our church in the last three years, just lift up your hands. Isn't that amazing? The service, the week before lockdown, it was about this full. Where's the other, where, where are the other people? And I know sometimes, you know, people have moved on or they've moved uh, elsewhere, but my heart just goes out to those people. What about some of you guys watching online now? And I'm so grateful that you're watching online. But we just miss you. So come back. We'd love to have you. I think it's safe. Is it safe? Can we give a little cheer so the guys online can well, just, just, just give a little cheer because then they just need to come back. Okay. <laughs> there we go. We just miss you and we want to see you. And I know for whatever reason you're watching today, it might not be nothing to do with the fact that you're staying away. But... If you have been staying away, we just would love for you to come back into the building. It's awesome in here today. So what about the guy 
that I showed you in the beginning as I kind of come to a close. That drug by Sky. It could have been you, eh? Could have. I, I wonder where I would be without God in my life. Or this church. I, I'm sure many of us wonder where would we be if, if God didn't bring us here. You know, we, I watched a, a very heartbreaking interview of this lady who um, she was caught, caught up in the whole kind of porn industry. And it, it was so devastating to hear her backstory. Because you could just see the insecurity. You could see she went from foster care to foster care. Her parents left her. Even her siblings left her. And she ended up running away from home multiple times. And then she just actually hid for many years because she actually didn't want um, people to find her so that she would go back into some kind of foster care again. She ended up meeting this guy, as you know, who was also a drug addict. It's amazing how the cycles repeated. She ended up becoming pregnant, had a baby. And just her life story is tragic. And I'm like, I wonder if the church has somehow along the lines reached out to her, even today. She's a real person in the world today. There's real people outside these walls today that are in need, church, that are in need. Can we be someone who cares? And I want to show you a, a video um, that our team have put together. There was a couple called Brett and Jenny who joined our church, I think it was last year. They, they came, they, they, they will tell you their story. But it's so powerful because they found some people who cared. So watch the story and then I'll wrap it up. I'm Brett. I'm married to beautiful woman Jenny and we have uh, an almost two-year-old little boy, Hunter. Uh, we had to relocate at a very tough time in the middle of COVID. We had to relocate for work. Um, Hunter was just uh, two weeks old at the time and had to come down here to a new unfamiliar city and kind of start life over a new city with a new baby. Um, it was just all a lot to process at the time. And uh, we came down here and uh, Open Skies was the first church that we tried and we just loved it from the beginning. It was so nice to discover the parents' room, which perfectly served our needs at the time. And we were made to feel so incredibly welcome there. It became so easy to just end up serving. Somebody just casually asked us, hey, do you guys want to be on team? Um, and it wasn't a difficult, lengthy process, and we got stuck in right away and just loved it from the start. Serving people is, is always great, but serving people that you can identify with is so much easier and just more meaningful um, because we were in that same space of being young parents ourselves. When you're serving other young parents, you can really feel like you can identify what they're going through, and that makes all the difference in the world. And so there's a natural kinship where heart just goes out to them because you feel like, hey, we're going through the same thing. Yeah, well, I think it's wonderful that so many people are on team and seeing so many people volunteering, that's just the natural culture of the church. When you arrive there, you think, well, that's, that's what everybody does. Um, I better get stuck in. Everybody seems to be volunteering so joyfully. That's lovely, it's not done grudgingly. But I think also the recipe for success is the more people volunteer, the easier it makes it on everybody. You know, in a, in, a, in a church where you only have a small handful of volunteers, they're carrying the, the weight of like everything and then it becomes burden. Whereas if everybody's doing their little bit, the burden is light and it's, it's a joy. When we arrived, 
We received so much compassion and care from the church and from the, the body, the people in the church. We wanted to do the same thing for others. We wanted to make other people feel that welcome and have that same experience. To be part of what God's doing in the world is, is wonderful. And to be an active participant in what he's doing in your local community, it's a privilege. Let's give Brett and Jenny a, a hand. And I can't seem to find the message because I'd saved it here on my camera roll, but uh, there was another family that came to church and met Brett and Jenny in the parents' room and just raved of how they were welcomed by Brett and Jenny. And the same welcome that they received when they were in need, when someone cared, they became the person who cared and were able to extend that to someone else in need. And so the cycle continues. And so our challenge to you today on Volunteer Sunday is there's broken people that need Jesus, friends. And Jesus has called us to love the hurting people. There are people that are so in need, that are desperate. And God has called us, the church. Who are we? We're the church. And God has called us to be the people that meet that need, to be the people that care, and be the people that can enable change and restoration in people's lives. So we are the church, friends. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for challenging us today. Thank you that we can be the church, and it's a real privilege, God. Thank you that every one of us came here today and um, have joined this church because we needed something, and Thank you, God, for, for, for meeting that need in many ways. And Lord, I pray that you would convict us, that we could be, be people that pass the caring heart on, God. And even right now, as you're sitting there today, think of someone that you know that is in need, that just needs to maybe get here. It's not about coming here to a building, but it is an environment like this that really people can be touched by Jesus. So maybe even there's a name or, or, or two people. Why don't you just, in your heart right now, just, just say a prayer for that person. Say, God, would you show me right now how I can meet that person's need? Is there anything I can do? Maybe there's an invite, whatever it is, God. Maybe I can invite in the next Alpha. God, would you stir our hearts today? And my last prayer is for anyone here today who is in need, particularly in spiritual need. There's always gonna be physical, practical need, but if you're in spiritual need today and you're like, man, I'm actually lost. Like, I identify with a lot of the stuff that you're saying today. I need God. I've made a mess of my life in many ways and I'm done kind of trying to do it on my own. I, I need Jesus. And let me just tell you, you've come today with a need and there are many people that care and just want the best for you. And today, certainly for me, I, I care. I care about you. I, I want to have the greatest privilege and that's to lead you with a prayer where your life can be changed. And it's a simple prayer, just saying, God, I need you, come into my heart. So if you, that person today, and you're like, man, I'm in need. I've, I've never prayed a prayer like this before, but I'd like to today. And I'm not gonna embarrass you. We're all gonna pray the prayer together. But if you would like to pray that prayer today and you've never prayed it before, would you mind just popping up your hand? Everyone's in an attitude of prayer anyway. Thank you, that's amazing. Anyone else? Um, thank you. That's awesome. Anyone else want to pray that prayer? That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. 
There's a whole bunch of hands that have gone up. That's incredible. Can we all pray together, church, with our friends that are in need today? Let's say this together. Dear Jesus, I'm in need today. Would you come and live in my heart by your spirit and change me and make me into the person that you want me to be? I'm sorry for my past and I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on a cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. And from today, Lord, I choose you and I want to live for you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. Come on.